Welcome to the Dog Nerd Show, where we geek out over our best friends. I'm Megan. And I'm Michael, and this is a show about all things dog. Welcome back, dog nerds. Thank you so much for joining us for our first episode and for coming back for our second. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and a review at your favorite podcasting site would mean the world to us. Today, we are talking Border Terriers. We have got two lovely senior Border Terriers here with us today. And if you've been following us, you know that this is Finley in my lap. And this is Riley here. So Riley is 13. Yep. And Finley just turned 16. Yeah. So whatever we're doing, we want to keep doing it and keep them healthy, happy, and lively as long as possible. So we... We love Border Terriers, and we we read that once you get one, it's, you know, it's kind of your thing, which I know a lot of you with your specific breed feel the same way. So today we want to talk a little bit about this breed and where they came from. They are not very popular here in the United States, but they are very popular in the UK. And when we tell people we have a Border Terrier, they, they kind of look at us and, and sometimes they say, oh, they're really smart. And they are, but... They're not the dog that people are thinking of when they think smart. They're thinking Border Collie. Yes. So here in the United States, these guys are not very common. So when we say Border, people think Collie. And um, the reason they got that name is because they originated between the border of England and Scotland. So not a very fancy name. It's pretty... This is a border dog and it's a terrier so um, they are if people are familiar with Jack Russell terriers they would be I would say similar in size and activity level liveliness intelligence tenaciousness <laughs> yes so um, they're a hardy terrier and honestly we have I would say ours have been very lively up until about 12 years old they really they really started to kind of calm down the, you know, much older that they got. But um, they're lively for a long time. They are very smart dogs. Um, they, they're very trainable. But as we, as we found in our first training class with Finley, um, you know, once he learned sit, he didn't have to do it a thousand times. Right. The golden retriever in the class would happily do it as many times as you asked, but Finley, after about five times, is like, okay, I learned it. I'm done. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, they're um, they're the type of dog that they're not the ones that really want to cuddle up with you. I mean, they will, but then they they um, they're self thinkers. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like they don't they need human companionship and pack just like any other dog. But they can be on their own and be pretty happy too. I think. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think, I think that they love being with us. They don't have to be right on top of us. Right. Um, Riley will come her, for her nightly love session, and then she'll go lay on her pillow. And Finley just lays next to me on the sofa, not quite as closely as he used to. He used to snuggle right up. But um, they are bred to be independent thinkers. So yeah. these guys will talk about what, they, what their purpose was. So most all breeds were bred with a purpose in mind, and these guys were bred to hunt. So to go to ground, um, very much like a Jack Russell or a Dachshund, 
they were bred to go into small tunnels, holes, uh, that a badger or a fox or some sort of small vermin would create. And so um, in the breed standard, it does say that they have legs long enough to keep up with horses and We've heard some debate over that. We're not sure that they were meant to run with the horses. They can run, and they can run for a while. Um, some people think it's more likely that they were kept in the, like in some sort of a pack on the saddle, and then once the foxhounds would find a foxhole, then these guys were released to go do the under-the-ground hunting. So they, um, they're very tenacious. They've got to think for themselves. They've got to be able to make decisions on their own. Um, so they're not going to be... Uh, quite as obedient as some other dog breeds might be. Yeah, they're but, definitely not a lab. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, we can talk a little bit about their go-to-ground ability. We've worked at it with both of these guys with Earth Dog and Barn Hunt, which are a couple of activities that you can do with uh, your dog if it is meant to be a hunting dog. And that was pretty fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Finley is um, a senior Earth Dog champion, which means that he went through uh, certain tasks that had to be done on the Earth Dog course, and uh, he got as far as senior. We didn't go to the Master. Master, they have to be off-leash, and we were, we're just, yeah, that's not going to happen. We're, we're too worried that he'll get distracted, see a squirrel in the woods, and well, we'll be chasing him down for a week. So we, we decided to stop at senior, but he really enjoyed that. I mean, to see an animal doing what they were bred to do was so much fun. Yeah. And he had a blast doing it. Riley, on the other hand, she she she's good at it. She just doesn't like going into dark, dirty tunnels. Right. She she, she was much better suited to barn hunt where you're not having to go underground. So we have, uh, they both have um, taken care of some vermin in our yard. I would say one was actually something we did not want around. There was a rat in our grill and um, we did not know it was there and they basically forced it out of the grill and they killed it. Um, Finley has killed a couple of birds when he was younger. So, um, well, in his defense, that one bird was attacking him. So, <laughs> so Finley was self-defense there. So it is important to know that they, that is innate in their, in their DNA. So if you have pet rats or gerbils or things like that, these guys are wired to go after stuff like that. In fact, if they are not raised with cats, they are probably not going to be good around cats because let's face it cats look kind of like foxes so uh, and we have seen when we took Finley over to a friend's house years ago she had an older cat that was hanging out on the kitchen table while Finley just went around the perimeter trying to get at her um he I don't I didn't see that he was trying to harm her but he was very interested in her and we right we were glad that he couldn't get to her and she was you know keeping her distance because I would not would not trust these guys unless they are raised with a cat. Right. Um, so they're they're pretty active dogs. Um, I would, would, you, would you say how on a scale of one to ten, ten being like super active, you know, mini pincher. What what would you say? What would you say these guys are? Well, I would say probably an eight when they're younger. Mm-hmm. 
you know, now that these guys are seniors, they're definitely not as active. They definitely prefer to sleep and cuddle. Um, but they still have, you know, an activity level. They still, you know, need to be stimulated. So I would say about an eight. What would you say? It's seven, eight is what I was thinking. I think even now with Riley, I think Riley's probably somewhere in the six range. Mm-hmm. You know, she's still got a little bit more youthful enthusiasm. Finley, he's, uh, you know, he's he's grown into his older years and settled down some. But I would say initially, yeah, probably an eight mm-hmm. uh, at least because they, they really were bred to, like, to work. Work, yeah. Yeah. And these any dog that was bred to work needs to have a job. So it, it, if it's puzzles or, you know, hiding treats around the house so they can find them, if you're not going to work them for their what they were bred to do, they need some sort of stimulation, good hikes and games. Um, Riley was really great at agility. She enjoyed that immensely. They can jump pretty high for such a little dog, especially Riley. Um and let's talk about their coats for a second. So Finley, yeah. So Finley looks a little bit different than Riley. Explain that. So Finley's coat, and you know, for the people that are listening to the podcast, you can't see him, but it Finley's coat is much fluffier and softer. It has always been a bit thicker and softer, like thicker. I mean, like poofy for a border terrier. In fact, when we got him, um, we wanted to do some therapy dog work, and that was why he was selected for us because of his softer coat. Um, But we've started clippering it in his, as he just, he was not, okay, let's back up. Their coats are made to be hand stripped. They are a wiry outer coat with a softer undercoat. So they're double coated. They do shed. Um, We read that they do not shed when we were researching the breed. Lies. (laughs) major lies. Uh, they shed. I, I don't know of a double coated breed that does not shed. So that undercoat keeps them warm and they will blow it out. Um, sometimes you'll need to use something like a Ferminator to get the undercoat out. But um, Finley's coat looks a lot different now than it did when he was younger because we hand stripped him and it kept the, the coat uh, rougher and tighter to his body. And Riley just, she definitely has a more border terrier appropriate coat i guess you could say yes yeah i i agree she's so initially we stripped finley and we stripped riley and we've always stripped riley Uh, even when we were stripping finley he was he took longer he a it was i don't think it's comfortable for him because of his coat but she strips so much quicker i can do her in about an hour and a half and finley we would usually have to do it over the course of a couple couple, of days yeah a couple days just has such a puffier thicker coat so and for those of you that aren't aware of what hand stripping is it's essentially just plucking out the uh, upper coat as michael is showing for those watching and um so then underneath they've got the the softer undercoat and um it it helps when you clipper them like we've done with Finley, it, a lot of people say it ruins the coat. It's not going to be as weather resistant or dirt resistant when you clipper it. Um, so Riley's will continue to keep her more protected from the rain, the cold. Um, but yeah, with Finley getting older and just not tolerating the stripping, we that now there's no way we put him through that. Just 
just because. So he, I think a lot of people probably think, yeah, right, he's a border terrier. But we'll we'll drop a picture in this video of what he looked like when he right. was younger. He had a beautiful coat, and he is just a beautiful dog. It's so sweet. So they're be, they're being quiet right now, but. Uh, do they bark is a question. And I'm sure some of you out there watching, oh, these dogs are being really quiet and calm. So, Megan, do these dogs bark? Yes. Yes, they do. Because they, not only do they bark, but their barks are made to be heard underground. So, because they were meant to go underground, and if they couldn't bolt the quarry, then they would need to stay underground and bark and dig to let the hunter know where exactly to dig. So we did not realize their barks were made to be heard underground. They have very loud barks um, to this day. Nothing has changed in that department. And um, they will alert you if there right. is somebody in the yard or approaching the house, or maybe there's just a leaf blowing around outside and it looks like, you know, some sort of animal. Small animal. <laughs> they, yeah. they, I would, I would say they're definitely good uh, alarm dogs. I, I don't know, guard dog. I don't like that term, but they're, they will definitely uh, alert you if something is out of the ordinary. Yes. So, so if you're a person that maybe, you know, lives alone and you, you want companionship but also the benefit of you know a living breathing walking around alarm these would be a great dog yeah they definitely are going to alert you to things that are out of the ordinary and we've even seen that on walks when when uh, finley was young we were walking and somebody had put a black trash bag filled with leaves or something on the side of you know right. for trash pickup and boy, he was skeptical of that, and he approached it slowly, and he had to figure out what it was. So um, they they will definitely notice when things have changed in their environment, um, even on our walks. If there's something different happening, they're they're gonna look out for that and and keep an eye out. But they are they're awesome little dogs. Um, would you say that are they good for any dog owner? No. No, and, and I, I'm going to say that about probably every dog. There's there's certain traits to each type or breed of dog, and no, they're not. So if you're looking for a couch potato, uh, or that's or, or just a dog that's going to chill out and and lay around all day, no, not these guys. <laughs> not until they're about 13 or 14 years right, old. Right. When they are Younger. anywhere before about 13, they. You've got to keep them going. You've got to have a job for them. You've got to take them on hikes. You've got to take them on walks. They need lots of... They're definitely Energizer bunnies when yes. they're younger. Yeah. Yes. So, so no, I wouldn't say they're for, for everybody. I, I think they're... Could they be a good apartment dog? Yes, as long as you're willing to go to the park or go for walks daily uh, or have games daily. or have games in the house. You mm -hmm. know, they kind of... We talk about exercise, and you also have to remember these these guys need that mental exercise too, and and there's great uh, toys Puzzle and puzzles and things that really help with that. Um, but but yeah, that, they're not for they're not for the casual dog owner. I don't no. believe, and I I would not suggest them for a first time dog owner because they are very active and have a lot of energy and. You know, if you don't expend that energy, they'll be chewing, they'll be destroying things. So um, if you've never had a dog before and and you're not a very active person, I, I would not suggest this breed. 
I do think this breed is for specific types of people. Not everybody is going to enjoy having a terrier even. I think, you know. Yeah, there's a reason why they call them terrible terriers or... or Sometimes they call them border terrorists because they can get into a lot of mischief. So, so what if... What if I am interested in this breed and I have another dog or I have, well, I think we kind of touched on the cats thing. You, you've already said that, that, that they should probably be raised from, from puppy around the cat. But what if I have other dogs? Are, are, are these dogs typically good with other dogs? So typically they are. You know, they were meant to hunt, so they would have had to be around foxes or fox, fox hounds, horses. Um, so... They really should be good with other dogs. They're generally a pretty affable breed. Um, we actually had some instances with an aggressive neighbor dog, and then um, they were attacked twice in our neighborhood. So we were we did not do the right thing. Um, when something like that happens to your dog, you should get them back on the bike, so to speak, as soon as possible. Get them around other dogs. Let them understand that not all dogs are bad. So we've, we've had a little bit of a, um, a bad experience with that. And, you know, before we had the aggressive neighbor dog, um, Finley was great, loved other dogs, had no problems. We would go to terrier events and all the other terriers were kind of spitfires and going crazy when they saw another dog. And Finley was like, hey, man, what's up? Everything's cool. I mean, that's kind of the border right. terrier. They're, we kind of say they're like, you know, the, the the man in the brown suit with his hands in his pockets, just kind of cool as a cucumber. Um, so, but, you know, again, any with any dog, if they do have a bad experience, they can get a little traumatized. Um, border terriers do... They will sort of fence fight, and um, it's not so much as something that's always seen as an aggressive thing. It's more of just a ter- they're territorial. This is my fence line, and right. and we do see that. In fact, our breeder told us that that could be an issue, and it was. Um, the aggressive neighbor dog, unfortunately, was that that neighbor had not fenced in her yard, and so she would just leash her dogs and... When she got the second one, the first one and the second one together got really aggressive and they would they would come out our fence pretty hard. And um, if you guys don't know this, when a dog is tethered and they're, they've got that constant pulling on their neck, it can actually c- cause them to be more aggressive. So it was not a good situation for the dogs that were next door to us and then it just kind of escalated between the houses. But that's a long answer for, yes, they should be good with other dogs. Right. And they're and they're pretty good with kids. Um, of course, every dog is different, and I'm not talking about every breed. Every dog is different, yes. so um, uh, you know, don't go off of what we say. Um, you know, you need to you need to know your dog and and put it in the situations when it's a when it's a puppy, and figure out the the more normalizing you do to certain environmental things like kids or 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 other animals the more that dog's gonna acquire um, patience for that so but in general they're good with kids yeah and so just to illustrate that when Finley was little we had a friend who had a two or a three-year-old maybe he was three and he was over at our house for a party and Finley was a puppy and little dog had like carrots in his hand and Finley would eat the carrots and he thought, wow, this is good. Little people give me food. I like this. (laughs) 
So he learned early on that little people are great. Um, in fact, there was one day when we were, when I think I was by myself walking them and a little kid who I think might have been autistic came up and just kind of clapped Finley's head between his hands. And the father, you know, quickly said, no, 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 we don't do that. And of course I knew that the kid had special needs. Um, had he done that to Riley, it would have been bad. Finley did not react. Right. He was very, he was like, Hey, okay, whatever. Um, but fin- uh, Riley is skittish around children and, and you know, it's really unfortunate it's interesting how um, experiences can really shape your dog. So when we got Riley, I had just recently been diagnosed with um, melanoma and had a spot on my leg right right where Finley's laying um, that was removed. So it was, I think, literally a couple of days after that surgery. It felt like it. Maybe it was a week later. And um, so I was not in a great headspace. I was excited about her and excited to get her because we obviously had planned it before um, my surgery. And um, and so when we got her, I wasn't necessarily in the greatest headspace about where I was. And then, unfortunately, when I was coming down the stairs, um, I felt I, I was trying to climb over the baby gate that we had to keep them downstairs. And they were both jumping up towards me because they were so excited to see me in the morning. And I slipped and fell and knocked the wind out of me because I was nervous where that they were going to jump at my my incision site and uh, slipped, fell, landed on my back, knocked the wind out of me and was proceeded to like try to get your attention through the window as you were mowing thought, the lawn. I thought she was laughing. I, like I, It was that look where you couldn't tell if she was in pain or laughing. And I thought, well, she's laughing at the new puppy and no. <laughs> so poor Riley was trying. She is very, very empathetic. She's actually very similar to, to me in a lot of ways, but she really senses if you're sad or upset or, I mean, she just, she just knows and she comes and she gets in your face and tries to calm you down. And um, so, so she knew I was in pain and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't talk. And she was jumping up at me, trying, trying to console me. <laughs> and, um, it was a little bit traumatic. So in saying all of that, Riley is very leery of things that move quickly and unexpectedly. And Correct. as you guys know, young children can move quickly and without without warning. And that kind of makes her nervous. So when we have approached kids, it's funny. All of the kids want to go see Riley. And, you know, here Finley is the one that does not mind. You can pet him. You can pat him. Um but they all want to go see Riley. And, and I, we started using a red leash for her. Right. And I tell the kids, red means stop, that she is not good with kids, and I don't want you to pet her. So and, that's, and we're talking about really small kids. If, you, if it's 11, 12-year-old kid, she's okay with that. It's, we're talking about the little toddlers that move, you know, erratically. Yeah, that's when she starts to have an issue. Yeah, I would say any kids that are like even eight and up, but and you, I have to tell them just move slowly, let her sniff you, and that's the importance of telling your kids to ask about petting a dog because I mean, look at Riley, she's cute. You <laughs> want to just pet her, and you want to go right up to her and pet her face, but it's not a good idea if you're say under eight years old. So um, that's why it's really important to teach your children to ask if they can pet a dog. So um, yeah, 
She's, you know, and I really like what you said about that. It is so important that we realize the individuality of every dog. Um, I heard somebody talking about that recently who works in rescue and she was, she was saying that she has seen dogs from the same litter and one of them's just off kilter or, you know, more aggressive or just not right. And she said, you know, I think a lot of us can relate to that (laughs) in our own lives. Well, and she said she tried to train, you know, some of the behaviors out of that particular puppy and it just didn't work because they're, they're all different and they're all individuals. So it's important that we realize that even though these guys are the same breed, they have different personalities just like we do. And, um, you know, you have to be, you have to work with that and, uh, understand what's safe for your dog. What's a safe position to put them in and, you know, not put them in a position where something's going to happen. So in wrapping up, um, border terrier, wrap up the border terrier. What, what are your thoughts on the breed itself? Well, I'm biased. I, I love the breed. I think they are funny and smart and adorable and sweet. They are high energy. They do shed. They do bark. If you want a low-key dog, this is not the dog for you. If you love to hike and you love being outdoors and, and you love having a little companion that you can easily scoop up into your arms, but will also keep up with you on trails, this is a good dog. Um, they have, they have, folks, they have a really good, in, in the United States now, it's what we're talking about. It's where we live. They have a great history with their health. Yeah. Um, and obviously, really I mean, we, you know, 16 and he, and he still has spunk, uh, 13 and she definitely has spunk. So they, they, they are starting to see some things. I know stomach cancer is one that they're starting to see, but in general, because they haven't been overbred in the United States, they are, uh, pretty good when it comes to health issues. Yeah. And, I, and we're just touching quickly on that. I, I, Um, And let's mention, too, how important it is where you get your dog. So there is a Border Terrier Rescue Group in the United States, and um, there are responsible breeders. Where, Where I think you get into so many dogs with health issues is that you have irresponsible people breeding dogs that are not vetting them for health. And um, it's very important that people make good decisions where they get their dog um, because you want somebody that is going to certify the health of your dog and, and be not, not in breeding them um, just breeding responsibly. Yeah. And, and, and sticking by, uh, sticking by their, their family member that they're, they're allowing you to take home. That's the other thing. And we'll touch on that later. What, what, we have a whole show coming up on that. Yeah, but. in the next show, we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, but we are we are blessed to have these two. And uh, you can see they, uh, if you're watching it on, online, they are chilling out now. Yeah, Riley's looking at, so so we live in Atlanta, Georgia, and we don't get a lot of, we don't get a lot of snow. We get snow, but we don't get a lot of snow. And we had a surprise snow shower um, that popped up overnight and and today early this morning so we got a little snow on the ground so riley's checking that out and making sure that uh, everything's okay in the neighborhood but yeah i mean this is a the border terrier the border terrier is an awesome breed they are not for everyone i think we've pretty made pretty clear what kind of person they're good for 
And if you uh, take good care of your dogs and feed them well and exercise them, hopefully your dog will live a nice, long, healthy life too. So we're big fans of the Border Terrier. So where can people find us? So you can find us at dognerdshow.com and on Instagram at dognerdshow. Basically, just everywhere, just search Dog Nerd Show and you'll find us. And um, we would love it if you click the like button, subscribe to our show, share this with your friends and family, and um, review this on your favorite podcast site. It would mean the world to us to get more people um, on the Dog Nerd train with us. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Megan, for uh, enlightening us on uh, the Border Terrier. Yeah. And until next time, thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us.